Now let's get this web conference underway. Tēnā koutou katoa, greetings everyone. Haere mai and welcome to the No More Tips or Dumps virtual field trip. I'm Andrew, the Learns field trip teacher. And it's just a little, part, little bit past 9.15 on Wednesday the 21st of March. Next to me is Tim Brake. Tim is our main guy at Red Vale Landfill and Energy Park this week. And uh, you can learn learn more about Tim on his profile page and you'll see Tim in the videos that are now on the website from yesterday. Um, so thanks for joining us Tim. Thank you. So you're here at the Redvale Landfill and Energy Park. Um, it's actually a really nice day but it's quite noisy outside so um, we're keeping you inside until we get out and about and explore some more of the landfill. Um, we've got Egbert with us, one of two field trip ambassadors. And he's joined by Busby. Uh, Busby is from Spring Creek School, now down near Blenheim. And this is uh, Spud. Spud's from St. Helier's School. So we're all having a great time. Uh, so, like I said, you're sitting here at Waste management's offices in Redvale and um, I'd like to welcome our speaking schools this morning which well our speaking school which is Tikirangi School out in West Auckland and uh, it's a great school because I used to go there when I was just a kid and um, I'm sure it's still just as great as when I was there. Beautiful setting in amongst the Kauri and the Waitakere Ranges and I, get, I bet your motto is still kia kotahi, which means be united. Okay, awesome. Hey, look, so thanks for joining us, the others there that I can see listening. Great to have you on board, and there will be an opportunity at the end to put more questions after our formal part of the web conference to Tim. But in the meantime, let's get underway with Titarangi's questions. And uh, just a reminder, introduce yourself before you ask your question. And close to the laptop or microphone or whatever you're using so we can hear you well. And here come our first punters. So let's start with question number one, please. Hello, my name, hello, my name is Scarlett. And who came up with the idea of gas pipes in the ground and her and to turn them into energy? And has anyone else done this? It's evolved over a long time. Landfills have been around, or tips and dumps have been around for, 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 for um, hundreds of years. So the original issues they had with them were smell, and, so, and also they caught fire. So basically um, pipes were, were put in, in the, the old um, tips and dumps. Um, to, to extract the landfill gas and burn it so that we um, that, that the uh, it, so they wouldn't catch fire and would stop annoying the neighbors and then as we captured more and more of the gas we started thinking what could we do with it so again instead of just burning it as as, as, as a flame um, out, of, out of a stack we started using it for um, for heating things and then more recently we've actually um, run big engines and generate electricity so again it's an evolutional process probably going over well over the last 50 years 
over many, many landfills. So each landfill's better at it because we start earlier, we, we understand all the mistakes we made last time, and again, it all gets better and better. Hey, thanks, girls, for the question. And of, sorry, Thank you. Want to, you're welcome. It's, um, it's a good question because today that's exactly what we're going to have a look at, uh, the extraction of gas from the landfill and what's actually done with it. So I'm really excited to have a look at that um, and go in and have a look at the facility because it looks really impressive. We had a brief look at it yesterday um, from afar, so you're going to take you right in today and get up close to some of that machinery and what have you. Okay, well let's uh, go on now to your second question, please. Hello, my name is Madison, and my question is, how much energy can a landfill make? Well, using Redvale as an example, Redvale generates 12 megawatts of electricity, which is about enough to power um, 12,000 homes, and the, the energy is sustainable because it's generated from organics. So um, we are the largest generator of sustainable electricity in the whole Auckland region. Um, we generate about as much power as about a quarter of the smallest dam on the Waikato. So again, uh, we're a big power plant, um, or 1% of Huntley, which of course is our largest power station. So that's, and that's daily, isn't it? Like you, you, you're powering enough for those homes to function every day. Yes, so basically con continuously powering um, 12,000 homes with sustainable electricity. Awesome. Is that going to increase, Tim? Yes. We've got 12 um, generators at the moment. We're going to, as the gas flow increases, we're going to install two more generators this year. So that will bring our capacity up to 14 megawatts. Wow. Pretty neat. And that will keep going as well um, into the future, even after the landfill has closed. Even after the landfill's closed, we'll continue to generate um, electricity here for probably another 30 years. Um, the gas flow will slowly drop away, but again, we will continue to be generating sustainable electricity throughout not just the life of the landfill being filled, but also um, well into, into the future. Great. Well, I can see our, our next student's ready to ask the question. So uh, let's have question number three, please. Three, please. Um, Say hello, my name. Hello, my name is John. Um, my question is, why do you need to turn the gases into power? You don't need to turn the gas into power. Um, you need to turn the, burn the gas and make CO2. But the advantage of making power is it generates some money, which then pays for the extraction system. So these things become self-funding. We, we, we are extracting the gas not because we have to, but because we want to. We're generating um, some financial benefit from it, which then allows us to actually do things properly. So as I said, you can't beat a business that makes financial sense as opposed to just environmental sense. Thanks, John. And um, so, th so this is this. I like this next question because it's not just about. Well, I'll let you answer it. But anyway, it sounds similar to what we had in the first question. But uh, let's have question number four, please. Hi, my name is Eden, and this is my question. How much energy does methane produce? Um, well, the the methane that. Methane is basically natural gas, so 
Um, it's the gas that you've got and if you've got a, um, a gas stove or something like that in your, um, in your house and, and you may also have, have, have gas heating at home. But, but at Redvale, the energy that, that is produced, not only do we produce 12 megawatts of electricity, we also provide the energy to evaporate our leachate, which is one of our environmental management programs. So we, we boil off 18,000 tonnes of, of water a year. And also we supply a massive greenhouse with energy to grow eggplants or aubergines. So again, the energy from, from, from the methane, from the natural gas that we produce, is actually um, used for all those purposes. But the gas itself is not, it's not a, is it a form of energy? Or? It's, it's, a for, it's a form of chem, stored chemical energy. It, it, it doesn't want to be like it is, it, it wants to, to burn. And, and when you're exposed to oxygen, it will convert to CO2. So um, it's a bit like petrol in a, in a car, that's, that's stored chemical energy. But once you burn it, the energy then gets transferred in a car to actual mechanical work, which means the energy um, continues on. Or if you burn um, um, in a barbecue, you, it creates heat, and the heat obviously cooks your food. So again, it, it's, it's, it's a chemical which has chemical stored energy potential, which can be released and then utilised. Potential energy. And it's quite a, um, and it really does want to burn, doesn't it, methane? Methane wants to burn. I mean, certainly um, swamp um, fires, etc., cetera, is, uh, is an example, a natural example of, of, of methane burning. So yeah, certainly um, it's, 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 it's flammable gas. Awesome. Hey, thanks for that question. Um, let's move on to number five, please. Hi, my name is Benny, and my question today is, do you use the energy created by landfill gas to power the landfill in any way? Um, no, we don't. The, the generators create power at, at what, what's called um, 33 kilovolt level, which is so powerful it would blow all our, our equipment to pieces. So we, de we deliver our energy directly into the national grid, and then we um, take back from the national grid lower, lower voltage power, 11 kV power, which meets our, our consumption needs. So one of our generators produces more power than we, than, than we can use. So we can, it, it can't balance properly. So we pump it straight out into the grid and, and we take back just what we need. And so some of that's used to power your electric vehicles? Um, well, obviously, the grid is the grid. So when we charge our electric vehicles around New Zealand, you could argue that the electricity we are, we are, we are charging is, is, is what we've actually put in, into to, to the grid. And so the, our, um, our, our vehicles are actually being powered by the waste that, that we are, um, are, are utilising. We'll stick with that story. It sounds good. All right. Um, it's a good question. Um, and it's up, we're up to number, question number six. Hi, my name is Charlie and my question is, how else are scientists using landfills to create energy? Well, when we um, burn our, our gas and our gas engines to make electricity, they get hot like, like a petrol engine in a car does. And so um, we use water to cool it down. And so that produces hot water, and we actually put hot water across to the greenhouse as well to, to, to heat up the, the greenhouse. 
um, and landfills have been used um, elsewhere in New Zealand um, to, to, for various energy uses. In Christchurch, the, um, the old Burwood landfill was gas that was produced, went across to the QE2 pool to actually heat the pool. So, um, and um, also, again, obviously, it, it should be used for, for hospitals and other institutional uses, depending on how, how close they are. So, again, it's, the gas can be used for, for, for many purposes. It comes down to, I guess, what the individual um, communities need that um, resource for. Do you, um, is there anything that's possibly going to be used for in the future that hasn't been used yet? Um, yes, there's a whole series of, of things that can be, can be used for. I think one of the um, options we should be pursuing is compressed landfill gas. So that currently we have, have um, natural gas for, say, hospitals, etc. If we had we compressed our, 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 the landfill gas, we could ship it in, in big pressurised tanks to the local hospital, and they, they could then use it to... To, 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 to heat the hospital. So there's a whole lot of uses like that. And I guess going forward, um, things like when you buy um, Coca-Cola, it, it contains CO2. The CO2s come from, um, from burning of fossil fuels. So eventually when those fossil fuels can't be burned, um, we won't be able to do without Coca-Cola. So one of the things we could do is use the CO2 that we generate as actually a source of CO2 for, for fizzy drink and other, other things. So, and again, because our CO2 was organically derived, it's short cycle, so it's not part of the, the global increment problem. Yeah, now that's a really interesting thing you guys might want to look at more about is the, the, the organic derivation, the, the, the organically derived CO2 is different to the CO2 produced by the burning of fossil fuels. And it's quite an important difference. So you might want to just explore that a bit more. So it's, it's short cycle and long cycle carbon, if you want to look it up on, on the internet. Which leads nicely to our next question, number seven. Number seven. Hello, my name. Hello, my name is Joseph. And my question is, how do scientists know that these gases are still not polluting our Earth? We, our um, site is, is fully consented under the Resource Management Act. We have an um, a, a, a air discharge consent, which, which, which has controls that, that have been negotiated with, with our local council. Our local council um, monitor, um, um, assesses our monitoring of those processes. So they're all within the, the, the limits that, that, that are considered um, will not cause harm to the environment. So these things are, are controlled now. It's not just an, an, an open slather. Um, and also, again, the CO2, as long as we convert all our methane to CO2, the CO2 is considered part of the short cycle carbon. So it's not a global warming increment. It's the same as the CO2 you breathe out after you eat your food. So again, it's, it's, it's part of that baseline prior to the Industrial Revolution. Right, changing tack slightly here with question number eight, but a, a topic that I know that's... Um, Tim holds quite close to his heart. Question number eight, please. You've, you've muted Titirangi. There we go. There we are. Hi, my name is Logan, and my question is, is it possible to become waste-free? Uh, yes, it is, but it means you've got to live on your own in, a, in, in the middle of a big forest or on a beach. 
and only use the natural environment around you. So it isn't much fun. So the trick is to make and buy and use things that once you've finished with them, we can return to the environment where they came from. So again, as long as we, we stick with, within the, the biosphere, we stick within the environment, we can become um, residual rubbish free. Um, as I said, if, that, if not living on a beach or in the forest on your own is the other, other option, I'm sorry. So that's the short answer. <laughs> yeah, there's a long answer, I'm sorry, but we don't have the time for all of that. But, you know, it's big, more and more people are making the effort, um, but a lot of the effort, this is what I learned from yesterday, is that a lot of the effort has to come from us, the, the people buying products. You know, we need to make those choices and maybe take a little bit, make a bit more of an effort to choose those products um, that are sustainably uh, sourced. So I've been thinking about, I bought this top recently, for instance, and I found out it's only 92.5% cotton. So 7.5% of it's polyester, which is a, an artificial material. Uh, and not 100% cotton. Which, which is not organically derived. So um, only 92.5% of this will um, biodegrade in the future. So 7.5% so will, will be left forever. Uh, let's move on to question nine, please, Titrangi. Hi, my name is Charlie, and how much trash goes into the landfill each day? Um, we, we take up to 6,000 tonnes a day, um, but it's not all trash in the way you think about it. Um, some of it's contaminated soil. We've even had um, a wallaby and a porcupine from the zoo. So again, the, the things people throw out are, are many and various. And we, had, we also had the giraffe, but we missed out on the hippopotamus with the elephant. They buried them at, at the zoo. That's awful. <laughs> heaps, though. Heaps of, heaps of um, heaps coming in. What, about 350 trucks a day? 325 trucks a day in and out. So, yes, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a, a large concern trying to keep Auckland clean and tidy. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Charlie. And uh, question number 10, please. Hi, my name is Chloe. And my question is, how long does it take to fill up a landfill? Well, using Red Vale as an example, we started in 1993 and we're consented to finish in 2028. So that's about 35 years. But that's with our current trash profile. If you th we threw out less plastic and more food, then the landfill would last much longer because all that would rot away during the filling of the landfill, surrendering its airspace to allow it to be refilled again. So it's the inerts, the, the things that don't, don't break down, are the ones that actually fill the landfill. And that's the proportion that, that we need to, 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 to work on to, to make our landfills last longer and be more effective parts of the community when they can... Um, generate sustainable electricity and do what they what they can do properly. Well, in a moment, there's going to be an opportunity to put more questions to Tim via the chat pod. Um, so, if you want to do that, if you have a look at the bottom of the screen and the Zoom platform, you'll see a, a little button that you can press called chat, and that brings up the chat pod. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Tim, for um, taking the time to answer 
the questions from Titirangi School. And well done, Titirangi, for such a fantastic job. Um, I expect nothing less from such a great school. And um, remember, you can listen to this web conference again. There will be a recording up later today on the web conferences page. And make sure when you're on there, check out, uh, have a look at my diary and the images from yesterday and check out the videos as well. Uh, we will all say big goodbye at the end. Um, so do stick around and um, join us on the live stream web conference tomorrow again at 9.15. Nā mihi nui, that brings the formal part of our web conference to an end. And now you're free to post questions. Say bye. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. Thanks for being a part of it. I hope Mr. Withers is okay. Mr. Withers. Oh, dear. Oh, Terry, is that a woman? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's an easy mistake to make. I've never met Terry. Um, so, um, right. Apart from your 100% cotton shirt, uh, how else do you practice what you preach? Not as very well, unfortunately. We're all um, um, blighted. I do try and, and buy um, unnatural clothing, um, but I've got, I've got a, a diesel car, um, and so that's, I'm still part of the problem, and I'm going to fly um, overseas um, sometime soon, and that's also part of the problem as well. So, no, I'm certainly no saint, I can assure you. Right, thanks for your honesty, Tim. Um, and from Alison Ferris, who I assume is the teacher of this class here, who have, I saw you guys yesterday working away, busily listening. That was fantastic. So your question is, what machinery do you use at the, in the landfill site? We, we answered that yesterday. So we've got Caterpillar um, bulldozers and Caterpillar um, um, compactors um, that actually uh, move the waste around and, and compact the waste and then bulldozers to move the dirt around to cover it. It's, uh, the more details are um, on the previous video. Now this is a, um, this is a really interesting question, Tim. So this is from this is from uh, Cheryl Dunnick. Uh, now this is Spring Creek School, actually. Uh, so can you explain why plastics are not made from the biosphere when they are made from the natural products of the earth, petroleum and oil? So this is the difference between short and long cycle carbon. So the biosphere is 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 the is, is the strip around the earth where life is going on, where where um, things are, are, are being growing, being eaten, dying, and, and, and the, the, the the molecules go round and round as a churn. There's also another part of, 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 of the ecosystem which is called long cycle carbon. And long cycle carbon is when like a tree falls down in a swamp and then it, um, more and more trees fall down on top of it and it gets deeper and deeper into the earth and it becomes coal. And that's where um, the earth has stored a lot of the carbon that, that used to be in the atmosphere. And so by, by, by digging down and pulling that material back up again, 
or, or the oil, using the same example, that's where we're adding more CO2 to, to the system than what we would have in the normal um, um, short cycle um, biosphere carbon, which, which is um, the other, other part of, of, of the deal. So the, the short cycle carbon stuff, which is the, the CO2 we breathe out um, because we've just eaten the plant that, that used the CO2 just a few years ago at the most, probably even six months ago, that's actually considered the baseline prior to the revolution. It's only when we dig down and actually grab molecules that have been, been, have been separated from the biosphere for hundreds of millions of years that we're actually then tipping the balance, bringing them back up, converting them also into CO2, and that's making, making the CO2 levels rise. Right. It's taken me a while to get my head around um, I, sometimes it takes a while for things like that, but I've read over and over it, and it, I, I, I understand the point that they're making, um, but it makes sense, yeah. It's, um, it's like this delayed reaction that's, that's too late. Well, we, we've, we've already done quite, a, we've, we've set up um, a lot of in motion that, that we're going to, um, from an environment that we're going to have to endure over the next 10,000 years. I guess the, 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 the issue for us is when do we start stopping making it worse? So as I said, we've, we've already set up a, 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 a things in motion for, 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 for temperature rise, sea level rise, which will happen. But as I said, how long can we continue make, making it worse for past that 10,000 year point? Mm. Okay, um, so Spring Creek School again, other than consumers covering the costs of organic packaging options, what else could be done to accommodate the expense of biopackaging? Because it does cost more, doesn't it? Well, that's, that's the rub of it, is that everything that's going to be sustainable is going to be more expensive because you're paying for the whole cost of the item up front. By buying plastic, you're transferring some of the disposal cost to your kids and your grandkids. So again, it's, it's a way of, of, of avoiding dealing with the entire cost of, of, and, and responsibility for what you're doing now. So yes, it, it is more expensive. The consumer will have to pay. We, we will have to do less. It, it is going to be part of the, 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 the program. But again, we have to take full responsibility for the full life cycle of, of, of the choices we're making. Um, if not, again, you are going to be paying for, for the poor choices I've made. And also, as I said, and your kids are going to be paying for the poor choices that I've made and you're making. So again, when, when do we draw the line as to how to stop this? Barry in the Learns Office wants to know what your favourite organic product is. His is his 100% Merino wool jersey. Um, food. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Barry, because I've got this Merino wool jumper that I won't allow to die. It's got tears and holes in it. It's been, you know, fixed at some point along the way, but I love wearing it because I do like, there's something about those natural fibres that are very, very nice. Um, Spring Creek School from Alyssa, I wonder in the olden days, where did they put their rubbish? 
Well, again, it wasn't rubbish because it was organically derived. So whether you threw it in, um, out on the ground, um, someone would, something would eat it, threw it in, in a river, etc. I said the only things that have survived from the olden days are the arrow tips and, and, and the pottery. Everything else, again, was, was organically derived, be it um, um, clothing or, or shoes or, or houses, etc. I mean, wooden houses even um, would, would rot away or burn or blow away. And again, in, in, a, in 30 years' time, was just little chips of wood left in, in the environment as they would have been if a tree fell down. So, as I said, that's, that's, the, that's the past, but also part of our future as well. We've got to perhaps be not quite so primitive as that, but, but we've got to use the same types of materials so that the impact is zero when, when we finally um, finish with them. Yeah, well, I'm not sure which olden days Alyssa was referring to. She, she may have just been talking about 50 years ago. <laughs> but, but, you know, there were, there were landfills, you know, what, 100 years ago? Well, there was, um, I mean, I mean um, archaeologists find um, landfills from Egypt two and a half, three thousand, five thousand years ago and go, oh, ah, and, and pick up the bits and we, and we see them in, in museums. So, you know, no, um, humans have been, and even, I mean, th there's arrow tips and things like that in Africa from sort of 2.7 million years ago. So, you know, we, um, what we finish with, we, we, we drop and, and leave behind um, for, and, and, yeah, it's been going on for a very, very long time. Okay, Barry is very interested in this topic. If everyone used organic packaging, wouldn't it eventually be cheaper because of economies of scale? Um, very technical here. Well, it would be cheaper than it would be when it started, but um, plastics are so damn cheap, it's pretty hard to beat. Because again, they're not the, we're not bearing the full cost. Only the cost of disposing it. Well, yes, exactly. But but again, the, but but all, all the making of it as well. As I said, it's um, plastics are easy to make at the moment. We just um, delay them or, or or throw them out, and we're not look, looking at, at at the cost of disposal properly. The true cost to the to the environment filling landfills up and making them last shorter times, all that sort of thing. When did, so Spring Creek School asks, when did the idea or invention of recycling begin? Depends what kind of recycling you talk about. Well, again, I mean, recycling has been, um, a, uh, I guess, a concept for a very long time. And I guess the classic early recycling was metal in that um, there's a, a lines about turning sort of um, plow, um, plow shields into swords. So metal was really expensive, um, difficult to make for, 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 for thousands of years. So um, the, the, the metal was, if, if we went to war, then you melted the plow shields and you turned them into swords. And at the end of the war, you turned the swords back into plow shields. So, I mean, that's original sort of recycling. Um, glass probably came um, next. Um, as, a, as, as that, and of course, the recovery of building materials, of wood, etc. I mean, um, the, the um, half of Cairo has been built from um, the, the stripping of the lining from the pyramid. So, I mean, we've been reusing and recycling materials for a very long time. Uh, um, I guess more recently, we've gone, um, as, as more and more of the materials have been rubbish, we're thinking, well, what, what can we do? And um, instead of stopping doing it, we've sort of said, oh, well, maybe we can recycle our, our way out of it. But um, it just can't work because the molecules aren't recyclable. And let's just go for... Where, where, where 
are all we go for one more question, eh? Before we've got to head off, um, we are all worried about the sea here in the Marlborough Sounds. What can we do to stop rubbish going into our sea and killing fish and other sea creatures? Well, again, as I said yesterday, if you're not prepared to throw something on your front lawn, you can't throw it out. It needs to be contained within those two disposal options of landfill disposal and um, or, or um, recycling delaying. So again, we can't drop things on the ground. We can't we can't um, throw things overboard from from the, the the our boats. We must ensure that everything that that we, we've got is contained within those systems, so that um, they can't then get into the environment because the environment has no way of managing. It just builds up and up and up. Hey, thanks guys for sticking around. We've, we're left with St. Helier's and Spring Creek School. So um, as a reminder, yeah, 9.15 tomorrow, of course, we'll have uh, St. Helier's tomorrow asking questions. So that's looking forward to that. And, um, but you can, if you wish right now, unmute and say a big goodbye. We've got sign language. Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye